0: Welcome to Please Don't Listen to This, Your Life Depends On It, the podcast where we do something different every single week. Um, and this week, with us, we have um, an ancient eternal skeleton who basically handed cosmic power and, um, you know, eternal life to the ruling class, Alex. Oh no, that's me. Uh, Hello. Yeah, that's you. You're Fane. <laughs> That's right. Um, and I am a woman who th- everyone thinks is just crazy but is actually possessed by an insanely powerful demon seb <laughs> and that is losa um it's so, the two uh, of us yeah it's just the two of us this it's a duo week so. um Yeah, the greer brothers are away on vacation on the beach cam and um, nick are beaching Yeah, they're beaching in um rhode island so we are just doing you know our own little thing um this week we are talking about a game we played earlier in the year together um called um divinity 2 original sin um and that is a crpg um which is uh, a computer role-playing game um yes. in the vein of Baldur's gate planescape you know that kind of thing um and if you don't know what that is
1: or what those are uh that's what this first segment is about <laughs> Yeah. So Don't worry.
0: Yeah. So, um, I guess I'll I'll start with that. Yeah. Um, we're not Give us doing some our, any of our crazy riffing first segments because, and I, I I feel like that's better with. Yeah. You know, the four we'll, of us we'll, all together. We'll
1: keep it light. We'll keep it informative.
0: Yeah. Um. So we're doing an educational podcast this week.
1: <laughs> um.
0: So, basically, um, CRPGs. When I say a CRPG, I I mean the the classic ones. Um. Because CRPG can also be applied to any computer role-playing game including you know the the newer um you know elder scrolls and stuff like that yeah the term
1: role-playing game is uh can apply to most games now (laughs) if you if you really want to bring
0: that bring that out broadly if
1: there's like a skill tree you could you could make a case for that being an rpg (laughs) like far cry you know like it's it isn't great as a genre definer but now we'll use the term crpg to define this specific type of computer game
0: and this is juxtaposed to a jrpg where you true i mean which are grew out of the same vein but yeah um, have different characteristics um so we're talking about you know like so these are kind of isometric generally or top down um games when where you control your characters, fighting other characters, you've got attributes and stuff like that. And these all grew out of um, you know, D and D and D and D type games. Um and so D and D has been around for a really long time. Um, you know, as long as or maybe even a little bit longer than video games as we know them. Um so it first came out in nineteen seventy four. Um and i haven't done too much research but i'm sure there were predecessors to it but you know this really started the huge big boom of you know role-playing games and um, we did do our episode on dungeons and dragons just to catch you guys all up
1: i was just trying to think how long ago was that episode it must it must have been like two years ago at this point right no it was during the
0: pandemic yeah it was during the pandemic oh that's um, right it was yeah because it was a really good you know yeah we did it digitally that do, that's right you know over roll 20 and all that
1: yeah go check um, that episode out if you're interested in yeah. D how it plays as distinct from the video games that it inspired
0: yeah um so we did that um i don't remember how much we really talked about the systems i think we talked uh, yeah uh,
1: we well i know a couple of us were more new like i was very new to it so i i definitely remembered talking a little yeah, bit about cam
0: was really new
1: how it worked <laughs> as someone who is just understanding it but yeah. yeah
0: um so i know cam had remarked like he thought it was going to be more crunchy with the numbers but we played 5e and it's definitely not some of them are some some additions are and mm-hmm. some other uh, models are but anyway so in D, the basic gist is you make a character um and you play the role of that character that is the role playing um, part of it, um, and each character has different attributes. You've got, you know, dexterity, strength, intelligence, wisdom, um, really depends on the system or the edition you're playing. Um, and, you know, they're assigned numbers and that determines how strong they are, how, you know, intelligent they are, how much, you know, magic they can use and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, if you so, ever played a,
1: a if you ever played an RPG like a Fallout or something, this would be like your special stats. Yeah. They're like strength, yeah, agility, endurance, on a scale of one ubi- to one to ten, on. one to fifteen, depending on the role set. I don't know.
0: Yeah, um, um, yeah. You you probably if you've ever played a video game, um, well, maybe not. If you like, some of the some stats
1: will happen. sound familiar. I will I would stats, say stats.
0: <laughs> like if you say the word stats, you're like, oh, okay. I know what that means. If you've played fantasy football, you know what stats are. (laughs) Um, So, I guess fantasy football is a role-playing game. Uh,
1: In some ways.
0: If you want to stretch it. Um, So, yeah, you've got all that. You can, you know, do your backstory. And, you know, um, your stats are heavily um, linked in with your class. Um, And your class is basically, are you a warrior? Are you a hunter? Are you a mage? You know, that... All that and that determines your abilities and all that and then you go on an adventure with your friends run by the dungeon master um and you can basically do anything i mean the the dungeon master will try to guide you along but sometimes you just want to <laughs> run around and set fire to everything like i just played a game with some friends where we were um a bunch of kobolds um trying to to like escape a city and everywhere we went, we just set everything on fire. And in the end, we killed like 80% of the population <laughs> yeah, <it's that laughs> kind of the fire. It's that kind of um, free
1: form, reactive play that people like Dungeons and Dragons for. Like the, yeah. You can write a story and you can have a plan, but then it can go in a completely different way you didn't expect. And that's yeah, one and that's, of the hardest things that video games try to do <laughs> using that yeah. framework.
0: They uh, really try to replicate it. And whenever you hear a video game be like, big, open world, your choices affect the game. Um, that, that's what they're trying to replicate. Yeah, and, it's, say, it's, and it know, usually
1: kind of doesn't end up being as robust as yeah. having a human there that can react to you saying something dumb and then roll it into the story.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, these um, CRPGs really, um, I feel like, are some of the ones that, like best replicate that. Um I know yeah. in Divinity, um, which we played, um, you have a lot of choices you can make, a lot of uh options to talk to people and it also uh, like all the things that happen really depend on the characters in your um in your group. Like you have your own the same like overarching story, but each character has their own Yeah, everybody kinda relates
1: on. to the plot in a different way. And that makes the game yeah. very replayable but also very um, customizable depending on who you pick and who you choose to uh make your party up as
0: yeah but um yeah so i mean people have been trying to replicate uh real life games like we've got pong it's ping pong you know you have football (laughs) games you have you know you have all sorts of things um that people have been trying to replicate you know you can play monopoly on on the nintendo on pretty much any system honestly (laughs) um which alex and um friend of the show andrew know very well Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, Alex, why don't you go ahead and talk about how they have tried to replicate um, tabletop RPGs in these CRPGs?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not an expert at this kind of thing, but I, I have kind I... of recently. Yeah, <laughs> we're both uh, we're both coming at this from different perspectives. Uh, Seb is much more of, an, uh, of a pen and paper D&D person than I am, as evidenced by our previous episode on it. Yeah. Um, but I have kind of recently... Actually, more
0: of a and d Beyond app uh, kind of, fruit, <laughs> like, Roll 20. I don't actually use pen and paper, but anyway.
1: Um, I've kind of recently been dabbling in a lot of these uh, older CRPG games and um, really found a lot to enjoy, despite uh, some of them being quite old and a little clunky. Um, you know, we played DaVinci The Original Sin 2, which is a fairly modern take on this kind of design, but a lot of these old games were, like... Uh, clunky UI 90s games based on old, outdated versions of the D&D role set that made some weird choices. And um, But uh, one of the first big ones, at least to me, that um, as I still still see held up to this day is the Baldur's Gate series. Um, I had recently went through Baldur's Gate 1 a couple of months ago, and it's pretty fun. And like the unique selling point for me, going back to it, you know in th- this year in 2021 or, or 2020 or whatever um was that it's it very much plays like the like low levels of the D campaign it specifically aims to be like the level like one through 10 15 ish module so it's like you're really just doing you're doing the low level of stuff and it's a, it's a, like the humble beginnings of a much bigger story
0: yeah killing um, sewer rats and yeah Fetching and somebody's just, kid from the field or something.
1: Yeah, and that was neat because a lot of games aren't content in being that small, generally. Uh, like most fantasy games, you will like have to kill a god by the end or something. Um,
0: yeah, which we did do.
1: Yes. <laughs> but this since this game was, at least to my understanding, designed with the idea that there would be a sequel, uh, they were able to keep it pretty small scale. Uh, which is fun. There's a lot of... That game has a lot of side content. The critical path in that game is very short because they assume that you're going to wander and you're going to want to do your own thing. Which is a cool gamifying of the the idea of when you're playing D&D with your friends, you, kind, you might want to go fuck off and do something else for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Or
1: take a quest that'll take you in a completely different direction from where the DM wants you to go. Uh, or yeah, whatever. And I guess
0: that's... That might be where side quests originally came from which is i mean not only just grinding up your levels and stuff like that but kind of like oh let's flesh out the world in the way that you know a game like D could do if you go off the beaten path mm-hmm.
1: um <clears throat> yeah um it's,
0: it's really hard to do like a real open world in a video game because you have to program every option that yes the characters have <laughs> it's the, the D you have your imagination
1: the place that it the place that games fall the shortest in replicating the fun of D&D to me is that it's just so much less reactive because they have to code everything. <laughs> and there are yeah. like a bunch of fun little nuggets. Whatever a game, like one of my favorite things in games is when someone will call you out for doing something that you didn't expect the game to keep track of. Um, yeah,
0: stay out of the women's bathroom. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, the cl- my favorite is the classic from Deus Ex, of course, where they yeah. will flag if you go in the women's bathroom and they'll yell at you later for it. Um, and like all those little nuggets are some of the things that you would come very naturally in a in-person pen and paper experience Um, but games have a harder time of replicating Um, Mm -hmm. to just uh, shout out a couple more of my favorite crpgs I um, recently did uh, Planescape Torment which is a game that people really hold up as like one of the best stories in games and uh, I do agree. I think it's it's very well written and very good for what it is. Um, I It's set in like the Planescape universe, which is kind of a catch-all for a lot of D&D stuff. It specifically is a hodgepodge, so you have a lot of really weird... It's a really trippy, weird setting, and um, that is to the game's credit. I think there's a lot of crazy, weird fantasy stuff that they throw in there. Yeah, there's,
0: there's multiple, I mean, for listeners who don't know, there are multiple, even though D&D is supposed to be kind of like a, a, it's supposed to be a rule set, and you think of it as being kind of like one place, it's got, you know, uh, your Planescape, it has Forgotten Realms, it's got all sorts of different yeah. places, and then you can put it wherever you want to, you can just use the rule set.
1: Yeah, but Baldur's um, Gate is set in the Forgotten Realms, that's, a, that's yeah. the specific touchstone for that series.
0: Yeah, one of the most explored, I think... Um, mm-hmm. area, or worlds in D and D is Forgotten Realms, of course. Um, Enemy of the show Emily is very into R. A. Salvatore's books on that.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Planescape is notable notable for being very story focused, and I think it, like the characters and the writing are what really sell it there more than more so than the mechanics. I think um, it's <laughs> not a super fun game to actually play, but when you're wandering around talking to people and doing dialogue puzzles and you know uh, all all that stuff it's like superb um mm-hmm. but uh, we'll talk about it when we get to Div- divinity but like yeah. that game the mechanics are really crunchy and good uh, more so than a lot of the yeah. computer role playing games i have played mm-hmm. um you're not kind you're not like waiting through very simple combat to get to the story both both parts of the game meld together very well um awesome but uh yeah just one more contemporary that i want to shout out is um of course disco elysium uh one of the best games of the last couple of years uh taking this kind of D &D formula and putting it in a modern detective or not modern but a a more modern detective story uh is really cool and the way that they gamify a lot of the like behind the um behind the what am I trying to say? Uh, they, they gamify a lot of the dice rolls that you would normally do in a tabletop oh, game okay. or that would normally be done uh, behind the scenes by a, a computer. Uh, and mm-hmm. they kind of show you that, uh, which is pretty cool. cool.
0: Yeah, I um, saw you guys talking about... Um, I'm sure you might uh, break the glass and make us play this at some point. I know Nick has Maybe. already... Maybe. Yeah, but, um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I, I would see you guys talking about the stats and some of the stats sounded ridiculous to me yeah Um, yeah
1: it's kind of like what were some of those they they kind of internalize they they take the idea of having uh role-playing game companions that will normally in most other traditional role-playing games they'll all have an alignment and they'll all have a perspective so when you make a decision or you haven't you do an action as the player they'll weigh in and say i like that or i i don't like that (laughs) maybe you shouldn't do that thing um in disco elysium there are about like 20 different stats in your head that all sound off, and they all are flawed and they all can be very wrong. Mm. Um, But they all have a specific perspective, which is uh, the specific aim of the developers was to uh, do that, but overstimulate you. Uh, Specifically, (laughs) uh, don't hold your hand in the Bioware sense where they'll tell you the right answer, but Mm -hmm. sometimes they'll tell you the wrong answer. Um, But great game, Uh, yeah. We, you know, we might get into it in the future. I've yeah. talked it on the podcast about it a couple of times.
0: Yeah, there's um, been a really great resurgence lately, I think, of um, CRPGs. Like, the the heyday of them was really late 90s, early 2000s with all these D&D games. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: and then lately you have, you know, Divinity, Disco Elysium, Pillars of Eternity. Now Baldur's Gate 3 is a thing. Yeah. Um, that's coming out. So, um, yeah. Hopefully yeah, we and... get more
1: great games in the future. There's uh, this... Yeah. Kind of framework is really versatile. I think you can make mm-hmm. a lot of and different
0: D and D has had out. a huge resurgence, so yeah, that's also, true. Also, yeah. that's probably contributed to it too. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, so I think we're yeah, I think done we're ready here. to get into uh, it. I yeah. just
1: wanted to lay a little bit of a framework for what we mean when we say computer role playing game and what D and D and how that kind of ties into this. So yeah, yeah. we'll get to it so, in the second segment
0: yeah so uh we're gonna take a quick break um or take a fake quick break and maybe we're just going to keep talking i don't know um (laughs) and then uh (laughs) we'll be right back
1: On the first day, all was quiet. On the second day, I was marked by a goddess. And on the third day, all hell broke loose.
0: Please don't listen to this, your life depends on it. Um, today we are talking about uh, Divinity 2, Original Sin, uh, CRPG by... God, what is their name? Fuck. Uh, I've
1: got the Wikipedia up. This is, Larian, this is by Larian Studios, released in 2017.
0: Yes. Uh, for the PC. Oh, they're the ones actually working on Baldur's Gate 3. Yes.
1: Uh, um, it's, as, since it's been ported to a bunch of systems, um, apparently it's on an iPad, which sounds like it could be kind of cool if it runs all right.
0: Yeah, you um, know what? I, I think that would work.
1: Yeah, it's on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch now. Mm. Um, the uh, big selling point for me and the reason that I wanted to play this game in the first place. Um, was that uh, this is one of the first or one of the only I have heard of uh, computer role playing games that are co-op that you can play with another person, physically. Um, a lot I think of these you are very do that with yeah. pillars. Oh, maybe I don't know. A lot of these are very kind of solitary experiences when played on the computer, and that is cool. Which is cool. a stark
0: contrast to the RPGs we were talking about. That right, yeah.
1: Came the, from. A lot of the sell- big selling point of D and D is that you're uh, talking through a story but you're also hanging out with your friends um, yeah and so this kind of replicates that in a very fun way where you can play yeah. with up to four people and select your characters and spec them out however you want wander on your own fight together uh you're pretty but you pretty much have complete freedom when you're joined up together um yeah. more much more so than i expected <laughs> sometimes seven I yeah. are on the other side of the map <laughs>
0: Yeah, I would recommend not doing that yes. because somebody will always get into combat, you know, by surprise, and you're going to be on the other side of the planet.
1: Yes, thankfully it's there in time. thankfully it's turn based, so you can kind of shimmy over. <laughs> yeah, but, you
0: can just like wait and not fight until the yeah. other party gets there, but sometimes that's uh, sometimes we're impatient.
1: Yes, um, <laughs> so I figured we could just talk through our. Um, character builds kind of what we focused on as well as do a little background just explaining how the combat in this works so a little bit about the setting and then we might go into the um kind of the main plot of the game and what we thought about it playing together
0: yeah so um how about how about the setting first because that's kind of the dr- the backdrop of our character yeah
1: so we um, um so this is set in the world of rivalon or the nation of Rivalon um
0: I think it's the world.
1: Yes. All right. I'm, I'm in the plot synopsis on Wikipedia. We're getting there.
0: <laughs> we uh, didn't pay it, too much attention. Yeah. Sometimes we, there's a lot of text.
1: Yes. Uh, and it's been a couple months since we played.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, also, sometimes when you're playing with another person, you don't want to sit there reading all the text uh, while they're waiting yeah. for you.
1: We kind of tag-teamed the story and filled each other in on the parts that we read. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you essentially, from the get-go, you are... Um, You're imprisoned as these uh, sorcerers, and they spell source s o u r s e. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a very fun pun that they like to use a lot, yeah. um, Because it's because there's it's there source magic is distinct from regular magic as like the more powerful, uh, evil air quotes like void magic. It's it's specifically a bad thing in the eyes of the magisters, which are kind of
0: comes from like the veil separating this world from the divine yeah. world or something. Typically like that. when
1: people use this magic, shadow beasts come out of places and so they don't like that. So they imprison yeah, they're these void people. Woken. Um yep. and so you uh, and the rest of your companion your, your potential companions are all imprisoned on a ship at the start of the game. Yeah. Uh you get sent and, um, to a prison island uh, and that's yeah. kind of your but tutorial No, it's, zone. it's
0: not like you chose this either it's like you're you're a god woken so you kind of like are born with this innate ability to use source and you don't always have the ability to control it and that's partially why they want to lock everybody up yes um but yeah so they send you to fort joy yeah a very well, good w- name yeah
1: which is a ironic name because it's a very bad place you don't want to be mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um and uh through just kind of broad overview there are four acts to the game and each one plops you on a gigantic map fort joy is the first map um which has the actual prison section but then a major other part of the island that leads up to you escaping um then you kind of go on the hero's journey path of uh, meeting with your mentor character on the um second map reaper's coast where you meet up with a uh, kind of a mentor and you are tasked with learning as much as you can about your source magic. Um, then after that you get sent to go to the nameless Isle, which is where you would ascend to Godhood, which is kind of what the prophecy says that you have to do as a God Um, yeah. After that, uh, something really bad happened. And then you have to go to the city of arks and hunt down, um, uh, a bad lady who did a bad thing. Uh, and then you kill a god or multiple gods, uh, and then that's the end of the game.
0: Uh, and a demon. Yeah. If, if you have Losa in your party. <laughs>
1: there's a lot uh, There's a lot more to it, and we'll flesh that out as we go, but that's kind of the broad overview.
0: Yeah, Um. it, it really hinges on who you have in your party. Like, I imagine if you didn't have any... Of, so you, you can choose between um, pre-made lore characters and making your own character. And the pre-made yeah, lore I, characters have these quests behind them that you can do as you go through the game but i i think if you're just you know a player character that you made you're not going to get a lot of the lore and stuff yeah
1: you you will get some of it because well assuming you decide to pick up companions because mm-hmm. um all of the companions in the game are potential characters you can play as they're all the premates. Yeah. um and
0: yeah you pick them up on the boat and around fort joy yep
1: yeah. and by the time you leave act one you have you're pretty much locked into your your Uh, four can be or your your party of four yourself Mm -hmm. your friend and two companions in our case Um, but uh, each of them has a perspective as a companion but when you play as them you also get a lot of their internal dialogue that you wouldn't so that kind of led itself to the replayability and shareability of this game where you get like playing as Fane you get a different perspective from where he's on where he's just in your in your party Um, Because you get to see uh, the weird spirits that talk to him and stuff. Um, But uh, do we want to talk about our character builds and who we chose and what we did?
0: Yeah. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. So um, I initially made my own character, um, and she is... She was like this giant lizard woman who I um, thought was really really cool. Like mm. they have lizard races are just cool, and I I think I kept calling her an Argonian in my head, but she's not <laughs> an Argonian. That's that's from Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's a giant lizard ro- woman. Um, my brother tells me that calling Argonians lizard people is offensive to them because they actually came from trees. <laughs> But wow. uh, I didn't that's...
1: know that. I'm not <laughs> Dude, uh, up in my Elder Scrolls lore.
0: <laughs> Dude, every time he tells me something about Elder Scrolls lore, I'm, I'm just baffled. It, it's insane. <laughs> um, like, he's like, oh yeah, the Khajiit, based on when they're born, they're a different kind of cat. Like, they're a cat person, or they're a regular-ass cat, or they're a werecat. cat. Wow. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's a, that's a different RPG. Um, so I made this lizard woman, and I made her i can't remember the class i picked but it was like a yeah you, a melee magic class you
1: can really hybridize in this game i, I probably yeah. camp out in the systems just a little bit but um that's uh you know later but yeah, yeah the,
0: the class you choose is basically just what you start out with. yeah you you're starting spec setup. into anything yeah. yeah um so i mean that does affect uh you know what stats you're gonna have at the beginning but you can change it like they give you stats throughout the game and they give you quite a lot of them um overall Uh, yeah the level
1: the level cap in this game is lower than you would expect uh but Mm -hmm. you get a lot like every level up is very meaningful you're not going to level Mm -hmm. 100 in this game you're going to usually around 18 i think we might have finished at like 20 i don't remember
0: yeah something like that it was low yeah
1: uh in terms of rpgs (laughs)
0: Uh, so yeah, I made this lizard woman and, um, I also, oh, her name was Hakar. I named her after the, the blood God lizard guy in, um, in World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause she, she had feathers on her head and she was a lizard. Um, and then I also chose, um, I picked up, um, uh, Losa on the boat, um, because she called me her wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some kids were making fun of her and she's like, oh no, uh, over here spouse uh should try to get out of it i was like oh i must take her she she thinks that i am her wife uh and uh losa is technically a bard um i played her you know more like a mage like i had a lot of um electric and um water abilities um mostly range arrow
1: and hydro are the like yeah
0: erothurge yeah Yeah. you got Aerotherge. uh hydro Hydra something and, yeah and uh, uh geotherge
1: yeah there's some geomancy stuff yeah
0: geomancer okay yeah there's a, so that there's a lot
1: of different skills you can spec into <laughs> yeah
0: that's how I, I played her um and then i i spec her with the like identify object Stuff like I—I I forgot what stat that was. What yeah, that you is. have like, a specific. Or something. Yeah, you
1: have like a a set of civil skills you can unlock lock uh, as you level up. It's like one every five levels, so it's pretty it's pretty big to get a point in there, and you don't get that many. Yeah. But uh, um, and
0: it's always good to have somebody who can identify stuff. Yeah, and that's stuff um, like lockpick, nice
1: charisma, bartering, yeah, uh, identify. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ale- Alex had. Um, uh, he had Fane, and Fane can just automatically lockpick stuff because he has bone fingers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is great. Uh, really funny yeah,
1: character and, detail, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Hakar my lizard, had... Um, I think she was mostly charisma or... I think you or, had some
1: bartering, too. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I had bartering. Bartering's good. Um, yeah, useful and, for
1: selling all your crap.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> she had... Um, she was mostly... She was melee... And, like She used two-handers. She hit really hard um, and had mm. a lot of uh, fire abilities, um, which meant I was constantly setting literally everything on <laughs> fire, which got us in a lot of trouble, but yeah. was also very helpful.
1: Yeah, the um... kind of inane uh, lizard skill is uh, like a nice fire-breathe effect that uh, doesn't take too many action points, so you can usually squeeze it in at the end of a turn
0: yeah so i was uh, constantly doing fire. that i was just like no i, I want to do something i can't do anything else i'll just breathe fire on this guy and then i accidentally set alex's character on fire yeah um yeah, yeah. uh so my play my play character doesn't really have a deal going on with her because um, she's just a blank player character but um losa um the character of losa has um like a demon on un- a, a drama lick i think his name was yeah um, that sounds right is possessing her because he wants her to ascend to divinity because she's god woken and he wants that power for himself um so you can defeat him we did not manage to do so we tried we tried yeah the so quest hard. was
1: kind of bugged and we yeah. couldn't quite do it so we got the bad ending for her unfortunately
0: yeah he she just fucking exploded <laughs> A <laughs> billion tiny pieces. Oh God, I was so upset.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, he's like, like you can go fight him, and he's he like is masquerading as a doctor, and then you 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 go and fight him, and um, he turns into a giant like squid muscle demon lady with muscle boobs, like the <laughs> there's. I could not get over that. There was muscle tissue where the boobs were instead of, like, fat sacks. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? Um, But it's a demon, whatever. Um, And if you don't defeat him there, um, if you beat the last boss, uh, Adramalik will show up and be like, yes, now ascend to divinity and the power will be mine. Um, And if Losa refuses, um, because otherwise, you know, he'll be in uh, control of her body after that. Um, he just explodes her into a bunch of bits. Yeah And then you. Oh, yeah.
1: She unceremoniously ceremoniously is permanently dead at the end of the game. <laughs> you yeah, you still was... have to fight the, the the demon, I think. Right.
0: Yeah. We have to do a boss um, after
1: the final boss in this. Yeah. This if was you, really something.
0: <laughs> if you don't defeat him in time when you're fighting him when like you know in his his house, um, when he's the doctor, then you can lose just lose control of Losa for the yeah. rest of the game. Um,
1: it's a tricky but, i think we we lost kind of a quest flag where you're supposed to do something to weaken him so you can beat him early or yeah you,
0: there was a character who's supposed to tell you um hey if you go into his realm which is like another plane that he's from and extinguish all the candles there yeah. then it weakens him so he doesn't become immune later in the fight yeah
1: and the caveat um, is like the, these uh, candles or like human souls or you know people he's made contracts with in the past or something so you have to kill a bunch of people in order to actually deal the final blow to him uh, which yeah. is kind of a bittersweet thing but it's better than
0: <laughs> yeah i mean there are already it's better <laughs> than, than the alternatives, alternatives. <laughs> but uh yeah we tried so hard um but we couldn't we we tried to cheese it too Um, yeah we tried
1: we spent a good night trying to deal
0: (laughs) i was obsessed with losa the whole run i was like she's my wife i love her Um, yeah probably the
1: best the best sketched character i think of the ones that we played Mm -hmm. i think she had the most interesting story even though i you know since she was your companion i didn't get a lot of the the dialogue but yeah she could
0: also um she could sense magic in a lot of stuff and sense demon stuff um which was helpful uh so if something was off about something she'd be like i don't know know about that you know Mm -hmm. internally um but yeah so that's who i played um and then alex had two lore characters who he
1: yes um i i played as fane who is a uh, i think they're called eternals in the lore of the game but he is a um skeleton man
0: yeah they just look like human actually no you can play an eternal that's any race right yes Yeah. Okay. So uh, they if you like a skeleton you of can, any race. Yeah,
1: you can be a skeleton yeah. uh, lizard or a skeleton dwarf or uh, whatever. But this he is specifically a skeleton human, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he kind of ties into the story in, in a confusing way that I didn't totally read. But um, he's specifically since these characters are eternal kind of in the literal sense they they can't die or they can, at least can't die of old age but they're just ghastly skeletons so they've been around for forever and he really doesn't remember what his deal is um so what you'll stumble upon some ruins or stumble upon an ancient eternal thing and uh as Fane you'll be like oh this looks familiar or whatever uh, and then it's revealed that oh you know this is something you did and it ended up horribly and <laughs> and it was really bad um one of the main antagonists of the game ends up being like your daughter that you didn't remember you had or something. Um, and Dallas. Yes. And that ends up being a whole, a whole deal. But, uh, Fane is, is a cool skeleton man. And that's why I picked him. (laughs) Um. He was very
0: cool. Um, (laughs) but I, I read on the wiki, um, where I was, uh, trying to figure out what to say for the names. Um, apparently he was a scholar in the ancient civilization of the Eternals who found out about Source, and it was like, hey, uh, seven lords people, there's Source here, and that's cool. And they were like, oh, cool, we want that. <laughs> um, and yeah, he so got was... punished by the God King, because the God King was like, why did you tell them that? And he got put yeah, to the crypt for a years. It's Kind years. of,
1: a, 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 kind yeah. of the, uh, an old blunder or maybe an original sin, yeah, if you then... want to call it that. <laughs>
0: um, and then the seven grabbed the power of the Source and became the seven deities yeah um, that everybody worships um, yeah one, of, kind of, the one of the revelations yeah. yeah one
1: of the revelations of the game is that these god godlike figures are actual are actually kind of hacks they're not really yeah. uh they're not really as divine as they actually claim to be yep um but yeah i picked fane and i played him as a necromancer um since he was kind of an undead character anyway i'm like oh you know this he makes tracks. sense
0: and yeah. he's also a scholar already so he's you know, kind of got the unique mm-hmm. magic ability,
1: and uh, it ended up gelling really well with kind of the playstyle I rolled into. I I had found a character build online that somebody suggested using um, a combination of like pyrokinesis and necromancy to make these um, big corpse explosions, and uh, mm-hmm. you specifically can combo a bunch of abilities together where as soon as you get a kill and get a body, you can reanimate it move it over to someone explode then explode it again with a different spell Um, and you can kind of keep chaining that as long as there are bodies and that carried me through a good probably half or two-thirds of the game uh just relying on that strategy it was Um, really
0: good um except the time where my cat died in a fire there's like these two little animals that come around to follow you around and my cat like i accidentally led my cat through the fire and um I was like, No, my cat and then Alex like resurrected it as a corpse and I was kind of upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, no.
1: And a lot of the other necromancy skills are fun. You get like Blood Rain, you get a bunch of like pretty grody, cool moves. Um every point you put you put into necromancy as a stat um gives you uh, life steal on doing damage, so you get health back for dealing it. Um which but is, don't
0: try to heal him.
1: Yes. Uh, yes, since I was an undead, they do I the classic like decks. D&D and JRPG thing of poison healing and health potions hurting them, um, which is uh, very fun because you can just stand in poison and be healed, but also really annoying when uh, you accidentally pop a healing potion and <laughs> kill yeah, yourself. Or,
0: or your friend is like, oh no, I'll help you, and then kills you instead.
1: Yeah. Um, and I like that the AI would do it too. Like they would use regeneration spells on me to hurt me, uh, like yeah. a little bit every turn, which is a fun, uh, fun kind of quirk in the system.
0: Yeah, the uh, AI is smart in this game. I mean, yeah. not always super smart, but it's pretty smart.
1: Yeah, I think maybe after we talk uh, talk through our characters, we might want to camp out on just the mechanics mm. and how the combat plays out because it's yeah, it was the most interesting part of this game to me. Um, it's really cool. Um, yeah. But, uh, as my companion, I picked up a beast who is a kind of dwarven pirate captain character. Uh, his, his backstory is that he was kind of more tied into the like dwarven royalty. Um, I don't, he was the king or he was close to the the king at a, some, or the queen at a certain point. Um, but then was ousted and decided to become a pirate, um, which is pretty cool. And you, you can kind of, that kind of ties in, in a minor way to the main story, you'll run into more dwarves and they'll recognize him. They'll know him as the disgraced prince or whatever, royal. Hmm. Um, and he, I kind of built him as a, uh, Jack of all trades, really. I don't, he was more of a mage, but, um, just cause I liked playing mage stuff. Uh, but I ended up speccing him into the shield throw ability, which is a really fun, uh, really fun move that, takes the defense rating of your shield and turns it into an attack rating of throwing it um and it can bounce to nearby enemies uh so it's just a really power powerful melee skill um and then i used a lot of thunder stuff on him I, he, he was really more generalized than my yeah. necromancer but had some
0: unfortunately he died a lot
1: yes i had some very fun tricks <laughs> yeah. um yeah so do we want to talk about the combat a little bit like that Yeah. Yeah. If you want to outline it or or at least start.
0: Sure. Um, So kind of like in D&D, everybody has a turn, um, you know, including like you and every single one of the um, other combatants um, that you are fighting. Um, So that can make for some really long battles i i think we've had yeah you're definitely had like 12 people in them yeah
1: you're you're in fights with like Ah, 10 10 enemies sometimes and it can it can drag but that's the that i think it is the best way they could have done it even though it takes a little while i
0: mean that's that is how like a tabletop rpg would do it yeah and that is how you know jrpgs do it kind of where it's you know your turn enemy turn your turn enemy turn yeah but um so basically you get to your turn um and you've got your hot bar of abilities and you can um use them within you know a certain area depending on the ability like some of them are just an area around you some of them are only ranged um and of course some of them are melee some of them are you know magic attacks um you've got um like movement abilities um you know status effect abilities both for you and the enemies like poison them or you can heal yourself or you can up your stats for your um group or whatever um so yeah basically like you know any rpg like Um, that
1: most notably though i think is that um a lot of these skills even the magic skills and stuff are just on cooldown that you don't have a like uh, mana pool to pull from you're just you're just like using magic missile or whatever on a two-turn cooldown you're not yeah uh, you don't have to, like, drink a mana potion to, to do that, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, good for me. I, d- I don't really like a I magic system that, that, where definitely. you have to pull from a resource. I like being mm-hmm. able to just throw that shit out whenever I can, which is
0: yeah
1: great. <laughs> um,
0: so you've got your cooldown based on turns. Um, and then you also have action points, which limits the number of things you can do every turn. Um, so you can have, I think, what was it, up to eight of them?
1: Yeah, and you can kind of save them four. up if you don't yeah. take all your actions in a turn. We mm. didn't really do that that much because you don't want to be sitting around <laughs> that much in this game.
0: Yeah, uh, um, we. But, so you, it starts you out with four, and then you can save them up if you want to. Um, or you can have an ability that gives you more action points uh, yeah. than you would normally have. Uh, so you do that, um, and yeah then it just goes around um you can also use items in the middle of combat um which we didn't do very often either because um, i would always forget yeah there um, are a lot of
1: consumables and i think probably on the harder modes um it is more necessary to use a lot yeah. of those because there's a, like a pretty deep crafting system and a bartering system and stuff yeah to get a lot of items i think you could probably do that and it, i'm sure there's builds around it i like Mm-hmm. It seems like the archer characters use a lot of arrows and poison arrows and spell arrows and all that stuff. And that seems to tie more into the inventory, but we, we didn't really engage there. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot to this game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mostly I just used, um, the, uh, health healing potions. potions. Yeah. yeah so potions, a, scro- healing potions. a scroll
1: sometimes if we need a needed a spell.
0: Yeah. If we need to turn somebody into a chicken. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah so this the, the combat system was probably my favorite part of this game like i really it got really tactical it got really hard <laughs> this game is not easy but they yeah, really there multiple make you
0: times we had to start over a fight and we we'd, we'd kind of have to plan yeah what we're doing like you, you okay, can't you just kind of click
1: click click to get through these fights like you can yeah. in, a, in a Baldur's gate <laughs> um depending on your difficulty there mm-hmm. but it's it's just so fun once you get once you like can formulate a plan, especially talking it through with someone else. Being able to work together to come up with a plan and mm-hmm. have it actually work is just so fun. Um, it's kind of like the combat in this game is kind of tactics adjacent. It's uh, you're, you have to think out your positioning and um, your movement a little bit more than in some other games because they have this r- whole robust terrain system where you're. The spells and effects that you do can have an effect on the uh, environment. Uh, There are usually explosive barrels or poison or something around most of the places you have fights that you have to keep in mind.
0: Or it can rain. Um, um, Yeah, you can cast rain,
1: blood rain, and all of these are all these specific surfaces when you're standing there. Cursed fire,
0: cursed water, cursed (laughs) everything.
1: There are a lot of buffs and debuffs associated with being on ice or being on poison or being on fire or being on cursed fire.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and that, that's kind of the big flagship mechanic of the combat in this game. And it really can get out of hand very quickly if you don't know how to manage the terrain. And yeah, even if was, you do.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were in like a place that had like oil fields or something like that, uh, trying to save a guy and everything just kept getting set on fire and that was partly my fault but we had to start this fight over like six or seven times and I found
1: out later that this is a pretty notorious fight among people who have played this game yeah Uh, it it pretty much always ends up as a big field of fire no matter what Mm. (laughs) even if you're playing super well so that made me feel a little better
0: Uh, but trying to keep this idiot NPC
1: alive was just so difficult when yeah we
0: finally got to him we we kept him alive we won the fight and then he like died of being poisoned already or something we were just like fuck it it was annoyingly close and we
1: said screw it he doesn't he's not gonna live this one yeah um but Uh, yeah it's the all the environment stuff is so fun when you really get into the nitty-gritty of it um Another kind of one of the things I specced my character into was a lot of like movement ability and teleport stuff, so mm-hmm. being able to kind of move other characters and yourself around the map very easily really useful. was yeah. like so powerful. Just being able to put an explosive barrel on top of someone and then blow it up or move a guy on top of another guy and simply teleporting him mm-hmm. onto him damaged them both.
0: Or teleporting um, them closer to you or you away from them. Yeah, um, which or, it's yeah. Because these fields, um, the combat range can be really huge. You can be in combat with somebody who's like, you know, 20, 30 Yeah, it would take you away. probably
1: two or three turns to walk yeah, over there.
0: because it takes action points to move too. Mm. So, um, which is a different thing from uh, D&D 5e, which lets you just move and then use an action. Um, mm. So that yeah, was kind of Yeah, some tactics games also sometimes. have that. Yeah. yeah, you really want to have a movement uh, ability on all your characters. Yeah,
1: and thankfully most, like, even if you're speccing into, like, sword and board, uh, like, warfare, there's a specific skill where you can, like, a warfare skill where you can leap to somebody.
0: Yeah, and had so, like, not, and leap
1: stuff on yeah, the not all of them are just for mages. There's a lot, like, I specifically used the ranger skill, uh, which is kind of the bow and arrow one. Um, I put a couple points into that just because when you do the teleport, you also get a haste effect for a turn. So it's like just like a little bonus. Um, yeah. But like that is, was so big for getting into favorable positioning and getting um, a surprise attack or uh, teleporting someone out of an encounter or you know into a worse <laughs> spot. Um, in one of, one of the encounters later in the game, uh, they kind of put you down in a pit uh, full of poison at the start. And um, you immediately can just be like, oh, no, thank you. I'm going to switch places with one of your other guys and uh, Mm. they can be in the pit of poison and I can be up here. Um, And of course, all of those guys have teleport effects, so they can do the same thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but if they're on cooldown, they get stuck down there. That's true. Which is really funny because they'll try to run at you or, you know, try to shoot you from down there. But um, height in the environment actually does also affect where your uh, attacks can hit as well. Um, There's like a trajectory of all your stuff. You can't just be behind a wall and you know hit stuff over it with a ranged Mm -hmm. projectile. You have to you know be in a certain line of sight.
1: Um, And I I forget to mention this, but a lot of this works really well because uh, pretty much every, actually every encounter in this game is uh, specific. There aren't random encounters in this game. You can you can pick a fight with people and get encounters probably where you're not supposed to, but. Most of the time, all of these encounters are scripted in the in the game, uh, either after a conversation or just out in the wild. So they yeah. have very specifically designed all of these arenas to be interesting and tactical and cool, um, yeah, which even is the ones great. Why does
0: that seem random? Like you had that helmet that kept making the goat people pop up, or something like that. Or what? <laughs> what, what? What were those goat people about? That they just like showed up.
1: I don't remember that. <laughs>
0: You don't remember that? That no. like We had we had something, or did something, and you'd go into an area, and the people there would be like, ah, now I've got you, and then they would, you know, turn into the goat demon people, and you'd fight them for a oh. bit, and then they'd be like, ah, never mind, and they just yes, disappear. Yes, that's right.
1: Uh, yeah, that is a specific event you can trigger in the last act by angering... The, the doctor who ends up being the big demon character. Right, 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 right. Uh, and uh, they'll just appear as random townsfolk in the middle of uh, town, and they'll fight you, um, turn into demons, and then attack you. But uh, the, the secret is they're all really strong, but um, they'll run away as soon as you almost kill one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can... It, it ends up being really inconvenient in some places when you're not ready for a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or if you're split up like we were sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) But Um, but there are
0: specific places that they show up, it seems like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And even those have, like, you know, an amount of verticality. Like, you can get up high or you can put someone down low or... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I was just really impressed with the combat system in this game. Mm -hmm. It's, like, miles above most of the other kind of turn-based RPGs they played.
0: Yeah. And the AI Um, most of the time is pretty smart. Like, you know, on a player level maybe slightly like it depends on you know your difficulty level
1: yeah they can Um, do some devious stuff i'll tell you
0: (laughs) yeah like they know what your weaknesses are so if you are an undead then they're like oh yeah yeah, healing hurts you so they won't Mm -hmm. try to use poison on you um, and stuff like that or they'll know that hey if i put down some water here and then use an electric effect the entire field will be electrified Um, which is another cool thing with the environmental stuff um, oh yeah but uh can we move on from combat we can talk about some puzzles and stuff like that
1: yeah there's oh, there's a lot of like little dungeon stuff in this there's was a lot of side stuff that ends up tying into main stuff that i really liked and um there are a couple fun dungeons i don't know if you want to touch on that because there's some yeah, puzzles um, and, and such i yeah,
0: don't there know there if you have cool any dungeons.
1: jump out in your head
0: uh the dwarf dungeon uh was one of those where we had to kind of like strategize and escape there was like a poison gas that was coming out up there do you remember mm-hmm. that um oh, so we you were had in the to...
1: sewers kind of
0: yeah um and there was that stuff where we were like oh no if we release this into the water all the fish oh yeah the death other... fog yeah yeah the right. death fog right um so you have to be careful about when you release it or you know where you're going because otherwise, you'll have to get right out of there, or you won't be able to escape, or you'll die, or whatever. Yeah, it's um, so pretty much—it's instant death
1: to any characters that aren't yeah. already undead, which is yeah. a fun touch. Um, so,
0: yeah, so fame my could character Fane,
1: could just walk around, but yeah. you still need a way to pull your other characters through this. There's no, <laughs> like, you can't really leave without them.
0: Yeah, um, and this dungeon yeah. had a lot of. Um,
1: traps and stuff too
0: traps and not platforming but you know kind of like you have to think your way around how do i get over there um you know and actually my lizard character had like an innate um digging ability which really helped a lot of time like you could find a ladder or something or yeah something if, you like that a,
1: if you have a if you have a high enough wits uh skill that specifically will help call out uh secrets traps and other spots where you can find treasure and such yeah. Um, one really nice thing I liked uh, about this game uh, that I also forgot to mention is that um, you can use all of your combat, combat abilities, skills, and spells outside of battle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to completely cheese a, a, a encounter or a fight or something, and you have a teleport, you can just say, "Oh, I'm going to go around this. I don't have to." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, there are some places where they make you, you know, do a puzzle. But there are other places where you can just go across a gap instead of, you know, going around. Yeah. Which is Um, very cool.
0: Oh, there was the puzzle where um, we had to find a bunch of, like, we had to find, find, like, uh, I forgot what the other things were. But it was, like, um, responsibility or the weight of responsibility. Oh, yeah.
1: Very fun touch. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, so we were like, okay, so we might have to find, like, a crown or something like yeah, we that were and in, put it on the um, altar.
1: We were in a character's, like, secret vault, yeah. and we needed to go deeper to find another character that we wanted, needed to save. And, yeah, the, the uh, pedestal said something about the weight of responsibility, and yeah. you, you, we were just in a big section where you had a combat encounter, and there's a bunch of, like, treasure and fluff objects Mm-hmm. and uh so like i think you around. i think you found the answer to this
0: yeah so i, I was like thinking like okay is it like a scepter a, a crown or something like that and then i look over and every painting in this game is named and you can pick it up um so uh, we would sometimes just steal paintings or move them um, yeah they're <laughs> so good sellables. i i look over and mouse over this painting and it just says responsibility <laughs> and so you just put that painting on the altar and the vault opens up for you
1: and uh, apparently really I, I I read this later but if you if you find something else that is the same weight as that painting you can just put that on oh, too so I just specifically specific it'll flag words. yeah it'll flag the weight value which is a very funny thing like so even if you didn't know you could just throw a bunch of shit on there <laughs> it would work
0: <laughs> that's that's um, really funny actually
1: yeah and this game is so, like so fun for that kind of, like I keep saying it, but it's just great that it's it's reactive and they'll say, yes, they'll let you do weird stuff like that. It's just, it's, it was very freeing to me uh, to be able to just, you know, say, oh man, maybe this insane strategy of <laughs> exploding bodies or teleporting people into pits will work. And of course it yeah. does.
0: I think the, the only time we couldn't, do something like that we couldn't cheese something and we couldn't um and we had to do a puzzle was there was the pipe puzzle oh yeah done. that was
1: it was in kind of the final stretch of the game it was a little tedious yeah
0: yeah it was in the in like the final dungeon or whatever and it, it just didn't seem like it fit they were like trying to mush it in with the mechanics. it was like a, it game, was like, like yeah, yeah hacking
1: and bioshock it was like a pipe dream kind of situation yeah um but you had to specifically like bless and curse of the like different liquids on the ground to make them flow to the right place. And mm-hmm. it was a, a little too much. I think there were some other puzzles and encounters in that same dungeon that were just a little better.
0: Um, yeah. I think that was my only, the only time I was like, why did they make this choice? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, like most of the other puzzles um, I thought were very fun and, um, you know, clever such as the, the one with the painting. Uh, yeah.
1: So. Um to yeah. to bring it back a little bit, uh, there were uh, t- so well like one of the first things that you have to to you have to do to leave Fort Joy in this game is oh well, that is one of the first things you have to do is figure out how to leave Fort Joy, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of they give you about like three or four different plot threads you can tug on to try and figure out how to get out of this prison island. So it and. Uh, Like, if you talk to the other characters, some of whom are your potential um, companions, they'll all have kind of an idea or something to investigate. Um, And you can really, you can just, like, try all of these. Of course, I was like, oh, man, I you know, I want to see what this guy's plan is. Um, One of my favorites was um, a character who has uh, a special pair of gloves that will give you the ability to teleport. And this is kind of your introduction to using that skill um because all the gloves do is just confer that ability onto you you can unlock it later mm. um but uh so you go and beat up some alligators and you get these gloves and he says i can only get one of you out of there and you're like okay well we'll try it um he'll bring you, he brings you down to a ledge he says okay teleport me first and then you teleport him down and he's just like see ya <laughs>
0: right that guy oh that guy which is very
1: funny but then they of course he gets his comeuppance later he got caught and then i think he gets killed uh but uh a lot of
0: karma in this game yeah
1: it's a neat little way to tutorialize like oh this is a way you can use this skill teleport and if you come back like you could teleport yourself down there too if you had more than one character who had it or another ability like that yeah um
0: yeah, we had to cheese um, a lot of the teleport stuff moving each other around, um, especially <laughs> when things were on cooldown or for the long stretch of time that I didn't have anything like that on Losa. Because um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I was being dumb and stubborn and being like, "Yeah, I don't feel like finding the book. Um, cause yeah, you do there's have a to lot of traversal stuff. To get the, the ability. Yeah. yeah, the traversal. Um, that, okay, so one of my main problems. Okay, I have one other problem with the game was the pathfinding. When you are having your character walk around, is not great. Like if you go and click on you yeah. know, the spot you want to go, and because it's such a big map, and you're just like, I just want to auto run over here. They they'll don't run through the do... worst
1: way. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I started so many encounters that way because I was just like, I just want to go over here they'll and walk I'd right click over on a it. trap. Yeah, or you know. Pull the boss of the like weird island to the north of the map or whatever where we were, um, and God that was so annoying. Um, so I mean I guess the solution to that is stay close to your character and, and don't click all the way across the map. Yeah, but it's when it's the map tempting is so though. Big, yeah, because
1: yeah. the maps are so expansive and huge. Yeah, um, and if I... you're trying
0: to get over to your friend and you don't know how they got there and you just like click next one it's <laughs>
1: Um, yeah I kind of touched on it a little bit but it it was really staggering to me how how huge and detailed all of these play areas oh, yeah. are and how it's really it's only gated by you know the loading screen when you enter and the loading screen if you were to reload a save it's all like one instance pretty much there are mm-hmm. some interior areas and stuff but yeah. it's all like me and Seb in many cases were, nearly on other sides of the map and like it's so cool that the game can support that mm-hmm. um it's not just t- you know it doesn't tie you to your friend you can go do your own quest if you want or yeah. like go sell some stuff when i want to stay in the dungeon or you know any of those specific situations where you might want to do two different things mm-hmm. um, it's great that or the game if supports you're that.
0: trying to explore and find a specific thing you can both kind of go in opposite yeah. directions so you can be like oh hey i found it over here or oh hey there's something here
1: yeah and that's one of those things that make that made this game such a fun like co-op experience i mean we, we've talked about our collective experience playing this game a little bit but like mm-hmm. having someone else there to bounce ideas and strategies off was like really fun i don't know if i yeah. would have gotten into this game as much if i wasn't like if I didn't have, I wasn't able to divide a lot of the planning and strategy and ideas.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there was also um, the sharing gear between us. Oh yeah, um, true. Like I'd find something, I'd send it over to Alex's characters. So he'd find something, he'd send it over to my character. You know, and that way we all stayed, you know, pretty geared up. Um, mm-hmm. so that that was like a big help. Um, and you know, you can supplement each other's abilities with other abilities. Um, oh yeah. Um, yeah
1: real quick one one more combat thing that I forgot to mention uh, that is like unique and cool um I don't know if this is a this is probably just the divinity series thing but um the fact that they uh, most of the enemies that you encounter have both a physical armor and a magic armor um, and you get to see the numbers you know if if they have more of one or the other and you have to deplete their full armor or magic armor in order to do damage to their health yeah
0: Magic um, attacks do magic armor damage and when that goes all the way down you can damage them with magic attacks only and opposite for physical armor.
1: Yeah so what another layer of the strategy of doing the combat in this game is uh realizing oh uh, this guy only has a hundred magic armor but he's got 500 physical armor so yeah. let's focus him with our spells or um and and so, like, one of the build crafting things in this game is also that you you want to be able to deal both kinds if you can, uh, if it fits into your character. Um, so, like, I was focused on necromancy, which is one of the weird magics that does physical damage. So I was able to do physical with those and then magic damage with some other spells. So yeah. it's, it's just a, kind of another layer of strategy to that to be able to uh, focus your skills on one or the or one or both damage types
0: yeah i had i had a good mix of both on hakar but not really on losa she was mostly magic um which was a pain sometimes because sometimes that meant she couldn't do very much if somebody's magic was really high yeah. um
1: another thing that ties into those armors is that um the stat debuffs and special um uh special things like charm or uh poison oh, charm or...
0: The beast had, like, this, like, charm uh, ability around him uh, where it would just, like, sometimes just pull an enemy over to fight for you.
1: Yeah, he specifically had, like, the full set of, like, the captain's armor or something. It was, like, a kind of a side quest we did in Fort Joy, the first area. So it was pretty underleveled for most of the rest of the game, but I kept it on because it just has a radius of effect charm around where he's standing. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He kept sending um, so his,
0: like gear, any, and you're like, no, nah, he doesn't do that."
1: Any enemies that walked in into his area with their um, magic armor down, or I think it might have been physical armor down, would just become on my team as long as they were standing next to him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this um, led up
0: to the end of the game. This wasn't like even even though it started, <laughs> it was like a thing from the beginning of the game. It was in the final boss fight, we had things fighting with us. Yeah,
1: and it would and it it worked a lot. Like uh, we were talking a little earlier about how good and reactive the ai is i was surprised that they would just walk straight into me (laughs) they would do this a lot uh and get uh charmed over i guess Um, the charm
0: wasn't something they could see but like status effects and stuff are
1: are actually pretty good in this game unlike some Mm -hmm. other rpgs i know like some games poison is really weak and bad or you know like petrify or charm or something and just like never work. In this game, you just have to take off that magic armor or physical armor. And then you pretty much have a hundred percent chance to hit him with a big status spell or something, Mm -hmm.
0: Uh,
1: which is great because I love being able to use that stuff. It's just such a shame when bosses are immune or uh, inexplicably take no damage from poison or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just hurts all these strategies, but this game lets you do it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really great game. Um, there's a lot you can do with it. Um, you can fight a giant worm on, at the end uh, after <laughs> fighting a guy who's trying to be the god king.
1: Yeah, so. that that final encounter took us a while, so we didn't really yeah. realize what they wanted us to do, which was just focus on the one guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, like we were kind of like, oh, maybe we need to get rid of the worm because the worm would like uh, yeah, it kept like us. making more
1: enemies and, yeah. and doing huge damage.
0: And then uh, there was but, the other dragon. We, we were fighting, like, several things at once.
1: It got really hectic, and it, yeah. it was pretty difficult, but it was really satisfying to beat that.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> if you fought the worm, if you killed the worm, he would just come back, we found out. We had yeah. Sometimes we had to look up some things to make sure we weren't, you know, fucking up too bad, or, you know, if we couldn't figure out the strategy. But, you know, that's fine. It wasn't really spoilery. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's that games. That's game stuff. Yeah, it's absolutely. A video. I don't, I don't,
1: I don't mind looking stuff up usually.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Normally, I try a few times, then I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, anything else to add, Alex? I don't
1: know. I I had a lot of fun with this, and I, I would say if you're if you're listening and you haven't played this or you haven't played a lot of, uh, CRPGs and stuff, I think that this is, uh, it's a pretty dense game. I think there's a lot. There's a kind of a steep learning curve that. It helps to have someone else who's interested in playing it with you because I think I probably could have bounced off this if I hadn't had Seb there to help learn all this with me. Yeah. Uh, but if you have a friend, it, like I think this is such a unique, fun co-op experience. I shouldn't say if you have a friend, but if you have someone who's willing to play if you with you. You
0: don't have any friends. Don't <laughs> let me know. Play I'll play game. with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's. it's really I highly fun. It's recommend not this. Yeah. Too long either. Like CRPGs have a reputation for being very long. Um, especially like Baldur's Gate and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I, I think this this, one this took too us
1: bad. this took us. I'm according to Steam, this took me like around 50 hours to finish. So it's it's a yeah. it's a sizable game, but if you have someone to play with and you can make it a weekly thing or you know mm-hmm. once or twice a week thing, uh, it's it's just so fun. <laughs> and yeah. I'm glad that uh, there's the
0: re- replayability for all the characters. Oh yeah, you
1: see. could probably put. 200 hours and 300 yeah. hours into this game if, yeah, you, wanted if you wanted to get to, all the yeah. all the story or yeah. just do this fun combat again
0: <laughs> yeah Um uh, but <laughs> what recommend. Uh, you don't need to play the other divinity games
1: yeah yes. i've heard one is fun it's just not as robust yeah there's uh, divine
0: divinity fun. and then there's
1: yeah this, but Divinity, I, when original I say one, Sin. I mean Divinity Original Sin one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which this is a really... Divinity
0: is much older, I think, and not. Yeah,
1: this is a clean, long series, and a lot of this is not related, as far as yeah. I know. Uh, these games are set way before those the original Divinity games, mm-hmm. uh, so they're kind of not really connected i didn't feel like i was missing very much from the story no they just were just kind of like this. the
0: divine is dead and i'm like okay that must have happened. apparently yeah the
1: there's a the main antagonist of the last game was is called brackets rex and he has kind of a bigger right? place in this game back, yeah he, he yeah
0: comes back this one.
1: so not knowing who he was didn't really wasn't a really big deal because there's a lot of stuff that kind of flushes that out mm-hmm. in this game
0: yeah because our characters but. don't know who he is too so there's a lot of quest text
1: yeah him. um,
0: um
1: but, yeah, yeah this is great. Thanks for yeah. talking about this with me, Sam.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for playing. Thanks for inviting me to play this game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun, fun little duo, son. Yeah, and if you would like to play any other games, we uh, meant, we name-dropped um, quite a few other uh, CRPGs like this. Um, you know, there's the other Divinity games, Baldur's Gate, Pillage of Eternity, um, Planescape, Icewind Dale. Um, yeah, I think
1: they're all... It's, it's hard to get something that's like this in that it's, like... I think this game's so unique as being a co-op experience and uh, like has a- having actually good, fun, deep combat. Um, mm. I think if that's what you're looking for, you might not find it in some of these yeah, other maybe, games. Yeah, maybe Diablo. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: Diablo if you want, co-op if now. you
1: want an interesting story and this kind of perspective, I think like I really loved Planescape Torment, and I think Disco Elysium is uh, a much more accessible take on some of these kind of D and D inspired ideas
0: yeah um oh there's um, shadow you, you know the, uh oh yeah most of the ones i uh, posted are um you know uh, pretty fantasy genre but there's other genres I forgot, too
1: i forgot to mention shadow dragonfall that game is yeah. so good that's uh yeah. more straight up tactics more like XCOM inspired combat but the combat in that game is really good too
0: yeah um, so there's all those worth a look yep um and so next week uh, we will be coming back with the Greer brothers. Um, I believe we're going to, yeah, Cam and Nick. Um, so we are, we'll, we'll probably be talking about Outer Wilds, um, a game suggested by my brother. Um, if not, because we want everybody to finish it, um, we may be back with either Burger King games or Invincible. We will see. Um, so Alex, if anybody mm-hmm. wants to suggest anything else, uh, like this game, um, or anything else, what email would they send that to you?
1: Oh, we're doing this. All right. Yeah. Uh, you can send it to please don't cast at gmail.com.
0: Oh, that is the correct email. That is. Yeah, I know. I, did, I, I wasn't going to commit to
1: the bit of saying okay. the wrong email. I'm uh, sorry. It's
0: been a while. Um, oh. Yep. And you can also, um, you know, contact us pretty much anywhere. Um, Instagram. I don't know if Cam really checks that, but we also have the Twitter. Um, please don't cast on Twitter. Um, and we all are also please don't cast on pretty much any podcast site that you can get your podcast on soundcloud yeah. spotify uh apple podcasts wherever newly you on go spotify right yeah newly on spotify um so go check us out uh follow us subscribe whatever whatever it is yeah that you uh, do.
1: Let, let us know if you like liked this kind of episode if you yeah. uh, liked this kind of deeper game talk i it's it's fun to me to do because yeah, this is <laughs> i like talking a... about games that i like but
0: yeah, it's it's more of an in depth about <laughs> yeah, the game and we're less about. Cracking you as you many know.
1: jokes, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> mean it, that's definitely uh, more conducive <laughs> to having you know four people on the podcast. Yeah, uh, definitely a different format. Uh, so let us know what you think. Um, we might you know come back doing something similar, um, and thanks for listening. Bye.
1: See ya.